Okay. Why do you do that every time? Because you always turn it and go. Well, okay. I can I can edit the beginning part off if I need to. Well, then why then why are you saying this? Okay, is our very second episode of Cinematrimony podcast, and we are going to be talking about Catfish, the sort of hit buzzy documentary of the fall so far. Um, just a warning to the listeners: if you have not seen the movie. This is not spoiler-free. There will be plenty of spoilers in here. And believe me, uh, as much as I would love for you all to listen, I do think that it will probably ruin the movie if you know what's up. So if you plan on seeing it uh, and you don't want it to be ruined, don't listen anymore, starting now. But, Francesca, since obviously the big shocking reveal is a big part of this movie, um, and it's... And, and a big part of why it's supposed to be so shocking is because it's a documentary. Let me ask you the question that I immediately walk out thinking, which is, do you think that this is real or staged? I spent the first half of the movie thinking it was staged because the, um, Neve, is it? Or is it Nev? Neve? Let's call it, let's call it Neve. Okay. Because Neve is just like a little too good looking a little too well-spoken, a little smiley. Like, he struck me as a little actory. And because I knew going in that there was a twist, I was fully... Exp- I mean, the point at which they go to the barn, you, you right. were there with me. I was looking at my lap. I thought this was about to be a horror movie. And that everybody was just, like, going along with it, saying that it was a documentary. I really thought something horrible was going to happen. I had chills up and down my spine. Like, I was so scared. And so, what's... What sort of turned me around to make me go, oh, this has to be a documentary, is that the twist, the much-spoken-about twist, is not spe- It's not spectacular. It's just unbelievable. Like, you can't... That's what convinced me that it was actually real, is that no one could sit down and make up the story. Well, and I think they could. And I think it could only happen, really, if it was made up. I think it's believable. It's not I, I, that's taking it too far. I do think it's believable that it could happen because it could happen. That's really what this movie is about and based on is because it's amazing that someone could very easily do this on Facebook. And so you don't think it's real? I I am ninety five percent sure that it's not real. I do. I think that the the three main guys all seem like act, like actors to me. I think the one thing that throws me off and that makes me doubt, gives me the 5% of doubt, is that, um, is it, it's not Rebecca. What's her name? Megan? Well, she was Megan, but I, I'm talking about the main woman in the, in the movie. It's her, I mean, she, now I'm looking at IMDb. She's listed as Megan... Fascio, but that's not obviously we no, her find name was out Angela. there is no Megan Fascio. Okay, Angela is very believable to me. If that's an actress, she did a spectacular job. I see, but but I just don't buy. I, I think that that the three main guys are so everything they say is so perfect and it's so written. Here, here's what I'm willing to concede. If it all really happened like it like it's shown to have happened, then it happened, and then they went back and recreated it using written dialogue. No, 
because I just don't think it just none of it feels natural to me uh, other than the scenes with Angela. Well, but here's the thing. And the little girl, obviously, that's real for sure. I mean, because that's a great that's just a kid being a kid with um, Abby. Here here's what I here's how I can justify because, like I said, I spent a lot of the movie going now. This is just an actor like, you know, again, the guy's a little too good looking, a little too well spoken. But, and this is going to be country bumpkin of me to say, this is a New Yorker. And we are, you know, he's probably only mid to late 20s, I, I would say, something like that. And we are in a generation of people who, a lot of them, act like they are on a reality show. You know, people, because of the immediacy, and he was, you know, it could be a genuine documentary, but he was on camera. So he is acting for the camera, even if he's just being... You know, even if it is well, a documentary, you, we are all very hyper aware of how we appear now. But even if it's real, right? So here's like here's a couple of things that clued me on. The, there's the always the obligatory. I don't want to be in this movie anymore. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with this, which always happens in every fake documentary, right? Like Paranormal Activity, all, all the fake documentaries are have that moment of this isn't fun anymore I'm not sure I want to keep making this movie and then they have to talk him back into it and the fight with his brother that ensued in that scene like that felt even if even if like I said Angela and all of that was real that kind of stuff was definitely staged but that's that's the thing I feel like if it was staged they would have acted more they would have they would have made that a bigger fight they would have made that a longer scene i feel like you know the twist would have been more spectacular instead of being just kind of sad and believable because here's the other thing matt do you really think that they would be so you know spineless so gross to make a fake movie and include like severely handicapped kids as a plot well point. no okay so like, that's I, that, again that i can't imagine anyone the, doing that's part of the five percent of doubt that i have because angela and her situation seem so real uh but okay so here's so here's what i think then okay i think that he really did get in find himself in the situation and started to suspect what was going on and then when they decided we're going to make this is amazing and we're going to make a documentary they punched it up by adding in the scenes of personal drama between the filmmaker but see i think the, that was so the, limited but i think but i think all of the i mean there look, was only one it, very 90, short scene of them griping the way brothers would gripe but 90% of the running time of the movie are those three guys on camera and they're they're just so polished i mean everything seems and i get what you're saying about that people just act like that when they're on camera now but to me if you watch a real documentary if you watch an an average documentary right next to that and watch how those guys are acting it would be pretty obvious that people don't have I mean, it's hard to explain without having a clip with me right here to show you, but I feel like they were never at a loss for the perfect words to describe what was going on. And there were sometimes where the thing, things were just too carefully worded to be believable, well, especially look, his I am chat with her. But he after knew he you, was being filmed. But her stuff, after you meet her, there were some things that she said on the phone and on the I am chats that just didn't seem 
like that woman would have spoken well, but that that's way. The, the point of the movie, the point of her, is that she had this really somber, sad, you know, kind of hopeless life. And, there, and that, I mean, that to me, again, if this is, if this is fiction, then I'm not even annoyed. Oh, I'm not either. Because they crafted no. it so amazingly well. Yeah. Because this is this woman who, you know, you. I went through so many emotions during this movie because, you know, I'm like joking around, but I was, I was always uneasy because I knew there was a twist coming, and I was expecting it, it to be like, you know, a guy or like a ring of guys running some racket. It you is know. legitimately scary at parts. You are legitimately scared and, at parts of the movie. And then you meet her, and she's so multi-layered and believe it's you can believe that a smart woman who sort of had to put her life you know on hold forever could then elaborate such a fantasy and such a fantasy life you know she obviously did like have a crush on him because even when she was being real which then at the very end of the movie you find out she wasn't really being that much you know she was still lying to them. oh yeah well but she's when a she pathological liar yeah to them and was taught you know she kept on saying things that you know quote megan would have been saying right to him you've got beautiful eyes you have such a wonderful smile and all she clearly did have a crush on him and you know escape to this fantasy life and again her backstory is such that you understand you don't it's not right it's not justified but you can understand it you can right. understand why someone would get to this place and she also you can understand why she would think I can get away with this, and it's my little escape. And as she said, you know, at 11 o'clock at night, this is what I start doing. Right. Is fabricating this world. I mean, is it any different than people who write, you know, fan fiction, you know? Or right. It's, it's, it's we, if elaborate, look, it's making an, a reality. We think it's disturbing behavior, but there's probably a really large number of people who go to that much effort to And they probably all have, you know, yeah, it's just an, a, a source of escapism. And, right. you know, and she's kind of savvy to know that, it's going to attract his attention more to say my eight-year-old daughter did this painting instead right. of me, a middle-aged woman. Right. You know, who, in that case, it's just sort of a middling to yeah. good painting. But if you say a child made this, it would attract the attention of somebody in New York and somebody in Ipshawadawada, you know, Michigan. Right. Any New Yorker is famous. Any New Yorker is something to be aspired to and to want right. recognition from, even if it's this obscure, you know, photographer. Right. Again... I, I'm I can hold out, you know. That I can have, you know, I have a sliver of belief that it might not be true, but I just think, gosh, if that's not true, I'm leaning. That's shocking. I'm leaning towards that. There's a lot about it that was staged and fictionalized, and there was some about it that was true. But like you said, I honestly, regardless of how much of it is authentic and how much of it was put on. It's still really good. It's a good movie, and it's really entertaining. And I even, while watching it, thought to myself, I mean, I was in the frame of mind, like you were, I think we both decided probably around the same time that we didn't think it was real. And I sort of kept that assumption through the whole movie, and I still enjoyed it. So it didn't affect it, didn't affect it for me because it was a, just a cool story unfolding, and there are all these great moments of revelation that are legitimately fun even if you think they're fake they're fun the um the music stuff which is really yeah. the first time they start to figure out something's fishy that's a really fun scene and it's because it's still creepy too because it's kind of you know it, you get the feeling like if he had discovered it by himself it would have been scary and creepy 
but because he had his buddies there and they're all figuring it out together, that's yeah. a fun moment because it's, you know, and it's kind of a cool little 21st century thing of that, uh, it's almost like all the president's men or something. Yeah. You know, they're like uncovering this conspiracy, except they're doing it on Facebook and YouTube and just like looking stuff up and figuring out that she has, that she's, you know, a fraud basically, at least to some level. Well, I know. And I mean, the emotions you go through are, you know, you've got interest. There's a little bit of comedy. Then you get genuinely scared. Then the farm you, scene, then yeah. you then when you meet her, you're like confusion, and then you're going like, man, this is such a scam, and you're really skeptical of her. And then when they really start to talk to her, and she kind of immediately crumbles as soon as they confront her with like, look, like this isn't real. Like you're not fooling yeah. us. Once they've met her, then you start to feel just so terrible for her, and you think, God, oh, like of course, do you? This is you know, yes, I understand this woman did this, and then they put up the you know. The couple of lines of the aftermath and the truth at the right. end, and you're like, she was lying to me then, too. Do you feel like it's exploitative, or did you feel a little bad that I felt like the mentally handicapped kids were clearly meant to be as, it was edited and shot to be as creepy and, I mean, maybe I'm bringing no, my own bias. you are bringing your own I don't bias. know. I feel like it was edited and shot and, and put together to make you think, Oh my gosh, this woman's life is horrible. That she has to that sh- that she'd rather be. This is why she does what she does is because she'd rather be painting, and instead she's just become a servant to these to these uh, grotesque. <gasps> Matt, I'm not. I'm not saying. Look, I would never feel that way about about people who are handicapped. But I feel like the movie shot them that way. I feel like the movie is was designed to. Uh, to make them look eerie. You know, there was that shot where, where one of them comes up the stairs with a pan and he's wanting her to make him food. And, and they leave in that comment, you know, look, you can choose to put in and take out whatever you want in a movie. And they chose to leave in that thing about how she said he was going to uh, bludgeon her with the pot if she didn't make him food. And I just felt like they were... And, and, and she even says at some point she feels like she's sacrificed her life to... And she doesn't say it in a happy way to have to take care of the boys yes but they also left in when she was being really tender with them she was and even after she said that which is the kind well, because of because she's know, not a bad person it's kind of you know what she said about her son you know bludgeoning her sort of gallows humor how you get through the day because then they immediately cut to her making him his meal and going okay i'm gonna give you a sense of portion but and, don't you, know, you think that was the angle they're going for is that no. she's been turned to this but because she hates her life no, so because much. to me that she wasn't saying she hated it she was you know saying i made this choice because you know it, they're not her children, which to me then makes her that much more sympathetic too. Is that you know she married this guy knowing he had two, you know, adult children, who you know, well, I mean, more or less adult. I think they were probably. Uh, I'm not sure. Late I teens, thought they were teenagers. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, to me that makes her. You leave that stuff in because it makes her so much more sympathetic. And you know, she signed off on this movie. You know, they couldn't have done it. Right. They used her real name, and she said, you know, yeah, do it. And that's again. And I, I feel like, you know, and it seemed like, you know, they genuinely had a fondness for her. I didn't ever feel like it. It's sometimes you thought, oh, are they about to be exploitive? I feel like they were very well, careful. No, they were very careful, To make her yes. relatable and, you know, to make, because, I mean, even, <clears throat> you know, knowing that she lied about her daughter and lied about, you know, this and that and the other at the end of the movie, you still leave it going, oh, I feel so, I feel so bad for her. I feel so sympathetic. 
I'm going, I hope people buy her art now. Like, and well, that's probably why she signed off she, on it, too, oh, yeah. is that she's got exposure now for she her never, art. Well, she never did any harm to anybody is one of the reasons why <clears throat> he was never going to be mad at her. And the, the worst thing she did was make a fool out of Neve because he sent all of these uh, racy messages to this girl and had a basically sharing romantic thoughts with her. And, and turns out it was all made up. So that's the worst thing she did. And she, you know, so she really, it's, it would have been, it would have been wrong for them to go after her in any way well, other than what they did. Make a point of saying like, you know, we need to get the truth out of her, but in I don't want it to be way. a, you know, yeah. you know, blow up or anything. Right. I don't, I see. I just think, Yes, they're polished, but like I said, they're from the big city. So, you know, I mean, there is an element of... I mean, and they're both artists. You know, they were all three of them in some capacity in the arts and of the generation thereof, you know, where, you know, documentary filmmakers are also, you know, kind of keyed up and ready for the possibility of fame. You know, I think in general, the entertainment industry is such that especially people of that age group are going to go, you know, this is going to be my ticket. And so I think people are always kind of thinking about how they're representing themselves. All right. Well, but so let me ask you one this. You talk about them being polished, though. And clearly Angela really wasn't. Angela's husband, okay, he, he obviously is not a man of means. He does not have a lot of money. He's probably fairly lower middle class at best. That last speech where the movie gets its title, the catfish speech was really eloquent for a man of his socioeconomic background. See, that's the thing. And very insightful, too. Not that not that poor people are all stupid. It just seemed very perfect. And I, did, I don't know, nothing smelled to you about that and that who was delivering it? I think... I don't think he was... I think that Southern people do have these sorts well, of stories. Well, he's not Southern. He's from well, Michigan. I know. I shouldn't say that. But, I, you know, I'm afraid that, that was me, Freudian slipping, that, you know, lower middle class people to me always strike me as, you know, that's, there's a brand of person in the South well, who Michigan's is Well, like Michigan's a that. very, very poor state. And, you know, okay, so people of this income level, right. of this working class stature, they ha- you know, they are armed with these stories. And this is sort of, you know, you to get, you know anthropological i don't know if that's really what i'm no that's good about it you know these are the stories who you can you can see you know his dad's dad telling his son that story and you know these are eloquence often will come from places you don't expect it and that is very folksy you know sort of you know i mean knowledge of catfish isn't exactly like you know a hoity-toity thing to be talking about i don't know it felt like something you could overhear an old man an old southern man say to somebody yeah. You know, to me. And, and, you know, but my point is, something like that, you would be able to tell it well, because if it's a story that has helped you in your life, you've probably repeated it a lot right. to people, you know, and you and you hear people who do that, who have the timing down and the punchlines down, you know, because it's a story they love to, you know, there's that one about the bull, like... <laughs> what are you talking about? about? You don't... Oh, crap. Are you, t- are you about to mess up the story that... about... If you want to ask a butcher. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, those kinds of stories, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, that could be 
that maybe more than anything could be the thing that makes me question a little bit the reality of it. But like I said, it's not inconceivable to me that someone like him could have a, you know, well-rehearsed story in his pocket that he likes to tell people. Well, you're certainly less cynical about it than I am. I'll be interested to see, because now that we know people's real names... There will be some follow-up investigations yeah, but it's been done about while, this movie, you know? and people will figure was... out. And look, there's odds are because I stayed away from stuff, you know, knowing we were going to see this movie. The odds are, people there's already some stuff out there that me and you haven't read and and aren't aware of. But uh, you know, Roger Ebert, I know at least has come out and said he thinks it's all genuine. He he says, you know, he thinks everybody is who they say they are. Well, actually, that was his comment, which I think he's inferring there that there could be some fudgery going on. But that in in the end, everybody is who they say they are, and and the basics of what happened happened. Well, and I think I probably am, am tend to agree with that. I think I think it all went down like it went down, and that everybody in the movie is who they say they are. But I think that. Certain things were uh, perhaps recreated and reshot, and and that happens all the time. That happens in reality shows, and that happens in documentary films all the time too. So, to me, it's not a negative. I, I still the end product is a really enjoyable movie. It's one of the most entertaining documentaries all the way through because it's because it's a tight story. There's no part. Of that documentary where you go, oh, they're kind of getting off track here, and you know, which to me, most documentaries have a point at which I'm going, you know, you're kind of losing me. But this was very tight. There were actually parts where I was nervous. There was part I always wanted to know what was going on. It was a, it's whether it's authentic or not is just really an academic matter because in the end, it's a really good movie. It's entertaining, and the only reason to even question is to know whether you should put it in the fiction or nonfiction. Uh, bookshelf. Well, here's you know? now. Here's the one thing, also that I can't quite. They didn't really explain enough for me to understand with certainty. Is why were they filming this in the first place? Yes. Presumably, it right. was because he was getting paintings from an eight-year-old, and they thought that was the story. Mm-hmm. You know that, like, oh, you're having this correspondence with an eight-year-old, and you know that's a very maybe, good question. But then, you know, maybe in terms of keeping, you know, what ultimately became the story. That's why that was so limited in the setup, was yes. that, you know, I it quickly became all these other some people. Some of it was, again, like I said, they may have, the point at which they decided to make the film was probably when they realized something fishy was up. And I think that everything up to when he went to Michigan could have been uh, recreated for effect. Knowing that in the end we're we're going to get this moment where we go confront this woman and we know she's a fraud and it'll be compelling footage to see that happen, but we have to set it up correctly. We have to recreate the moments that led to us discovering what was going on here, and I, I would be willing to bet that something like that went on. Yeah, but I mean, up to the moment that otherwise, she how could the they door, have known? I didn't. I mean, even then, you know, it's a while after they meet her before you really understand what's going on, you know. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think the they door, figured out. And she doesn't out. look like who she's, you know, she doesn't yeah. look like the picture, but, I mean, how many people do that? I Put up pictures have, that are 10 years old on Facebook. I think they just may have been ahead of the game. I think they may have known 
a little bit more about what was coming than they let on. Well. But I do think that Angela's real because it's to her, all of her footage is very authentic. It, it, there's no way it was an actress playing all of that. It was it was too... Uh, and, and, like, compare that, again, uh, compare that to the three guys and the way they act in the movie. And her stuff never feels forced. And when they're around her, they are much more awkward than they are with each other for the rest of the movie. But they don't again, know. They kind of don't know what to say. They get quiet. They uh, they they seem at a loss for words, which is which is how you are in real life. Well, and again, they I think they really were uh, genuinely, you know, as he said at that one point, I don't feel threatened. I'm not scared. Right. You know, I'm not scared to be in a car with her. I don't I don't feel like you know I'm in any danger right now. So I think that you know they sort of made a, a connection in as much as you know they probably knocking on the door were like is this going to be like an undercover cop is this going to be like you know some burly you know man right. you know like I don't think they knew what to expect but I think kind of once they met her they met her you know kind husband and saw that she had handicapped kids you know like right. at that point they kind of went well we don't know what's going on here but you know we feel you know they, they probably were immediately wakened with pity for her rather than, you know, repulsion or, right. you know, I don't know, skepticism. That's Naomi yelling. I think I have to go. Well, I think we've, I think we've, uh, we've wrapped it up pretty much, but that it's look, so you, would you recommend it to friends? Absolutely. But I would also recommend to the world, like just try not to read anything about it. Yeah, I agree. And again, I, I, agree. I was, I guess in some ways my interest was piqued by knowing there was a twist, but I fully expected it to be something grotesque. I didn't, I didn't expect I had no idea that that's the way it was going to go, that it was actually going to be, like, poignant to the point where I kind of had tears in my eyes right. some of it, you know, listening to her talk. We actually have never completely spoiled it in this, but I think yeah, people could probably no. figure it out from If you listen to here, congratulations, you ruined a movie for yourself. Okay. I hope I hope you're happy. You will never still, be able to fully get the impact it of would still film. It would still be enjoyable, but you would definitely not have the same amount of fun that we had. It's true. Yeah. Okay. I think in general, cinematrimony is a companion piece. I agree. It's a post. It's a post watch. It's like having a chat with two friends who don't ever let you get a word in edgewise. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Bye. Bye.